Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. We are back. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts, who's back from his trip at Disneyland. How was the... Oh, Disney World. Sorry. 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 Yeah, I man. To, I don't want to piss off any Disney adults. They might come for my head if I if I say it wrong. But how was the how was the trip? Joe, before I before I give you some insight, man, are you willing uh, to admit that Disney World is way better than Disneyland? Like, you're willing I, to do that, right? I, I So I jokingly said that to you before we started, but Ryan, yeah. I'm going to sit here and say this. I have no aspiration to go to either. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not <laughs> a Disney World Universal guy. Universal? I just don't like theme parks. I don't oh, know what it gosh. is. You're one of those guys. Maybe it's because I'm in my early 20s. Maybe when I'm 30, it'll it'll change, but I, I'll, I'll say it's either. I'll, well, I mean, Universal's dope, though, man. I don't need to go there with a kid. Like, I'm just going all the rides and stuff. Like, it's a good time. They did do the super bowl media party when the super bowl was in la at universal at night which was a cool experience but i didn't oh, go is, there, is, is there a there is a universal in california as well i was talking about the one in florida there's oh, one in uh, 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 i'm being serious i'm being serious man i'm being serious yeah, uh, it's on the I've, lot it's on the lot with the, with the studio the actual studio up in oh. up in burbank but what, what was oh, your sorry. what was your point though about uh how was disney world it was good <laughs> man it was good you know i, I mean i, I think the the main thing is, and this is full transparent. Well, everyone knows this, right? Everyone that's a parent knows this. Mm-hmm. Disney World is much more for the kids than it is for the adults, right? Like it 100% is. Even though they do, they load up these park with alcohol, though, man. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like walking around. I was like, there's beer. There's um, daiquiri, strawberry daiquiris everywhere. I'm just like, these people are getting drunk while they're while they're carrying around their kids. But it was good, man. It was good. The uh, Daughter got to see all the Disney princesses and take pictures oh, and to all stuff. It was good, man. It was good. And then I got to go on Tron, the new ride in Disney World, which was ah. fun. So that was cool. Dude, they literally um they got you on a motorcycle looking thing and mm. you have to lean forward instead of backwards. So it's kind of like a Superman feel a little bit, but then you have to like pull in the front and then it like locks in on your back. It's pretty dope, man. It was actually a really fun ride. I liked it a lot. It, it sounds like a well worth trip and you hit the timing perfectly i i wish i had enough foresight to say you know i'm i'm gonna take a few days off before the draft because well, that wasn't that, that wasn't my doing man that, that was uh that was that was the wife's spring break that's why we went this it, 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 I, I wish that i could take credit for that foresight but that was not me in any well, sense your your wife is a genius and the, whoever put yes. together the academic calendar as well is a, a genius because again i'm running on fumes but we power through as we're finishing up here with the 2023 nfl draft ryan we've got Probably one of the worst position groups to to get our, us back on our feet. The wide receiver class is extremely, extremely underwhelming. I, I keep yes. seeing too many people propping up this receiver group. And it also kind of mm-hmm. happens when I do the, uh, the radio spots that I've done where people have asked, where they're like, oh, can X, Y, and Z receiver be a, an impactful player? Uh-huh. I think that there's good guys in this class. Mm-hmm. But there is absolutely not a single guy who's an alpha. There is not a single guy who is a number one go-to option wide receiver. There's a lot of secondary and third options. That's what this this grouping is. 
that they're going to play off the strengths of the rest of the group. If you put them on a team that doesn't have anything, I, I'm worried of what their early impact is going to be in their careers. And we're going to get to it. But I know that you agree with me on that sentiment that there's just a not a lot of juice at the top here. I think it's a I think there's some depth in the second to mid rounds as far as some secondary pass catchers to your point. Yes. Like I, I I don't think there's a lot of true number one receivers. There's a lot of really good number twos, dynamic number threes. There there's a lot of really good parts of this class. It's just that there's no Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. Like there's no, there's none of those guys, right? Like we have a bunch of what ifs, like like hopefuls as far as guys developing into number one wide receivers at the next level. But I just don't see it, man. I mean, I, I'm going to dub this list, Joe, before we start. This is the RIP Keishon Boutte list, right? Because before the season, that was my yeah. little guy where I was like, that that could be the guy if he takes a step forward. And he did not. So, yeah, that's pretty, pretty much he pretty much us. Uh, he pretty much symbolizes this list, man. Some talents, some guys to get excited about, but not a lot of finished products or even close to finished products on this list. Butte quite literally took a step back, and he is the epitome yes. of this class where he had all the opportunities in the world to really shine a, a new offense, a new quarterback could have stepped up. And then on yes. top of that, could have shown out at his pro day and at the end of a combine. Didn't do any of that. But I think that the really good point you had here before we get into it is that there were a lot of guys on this list that had so many chances, I feel like, to push themselves up into that mid-first-round conversation. And I don't think any of them did it. I think there were guys in the back end that established some recognition. Like Jalen Hyatt's a good example of someone who we didn't even really talk about in the preseason. At all. We talked about his teammate more, and now Mm -hmm. he made my top five, which – I will eventually reveal, but there were so many guys that just say, stayed stagnant. So they all graded as top 50 picks outside of the first round. And some of them probably will go in the end of the first round. Can I say this too, Joe? There's a lot of small receivers in this class, right? Like a really small wide receivers. You don't have a lot of long guys, a lot of alpha outside no. type receivers. I mean, Keyshawn Boutte was a guy that I liked. He's 5'11 and a half, 195 pounds, right? Like, we'll talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm sure, during this show. Jordan Addison's 171 pounds. Joshua Downs is 171 pounds. Jalen Hyatt, who you just mentioned, was 176 pounds. Rakeem Jarrett's sub six foot. Uh, Parker Washington's a 5'10 wide receiver. Nathaniel Dell, who people have tried to prop up a ton during this process, 165 pounds. Like, just not a lot of size in this class, but a lot of really nice. I don't want to call them gadget receivers because they're not gadgets, right? Like there are a couple guys that I think could be gadgety type players, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of secondary pass catchers that are good space players. Like that's kind of how I would, that's how I would compartmentalize this class is that there's a lot of guys that I would like to get in space and take advantage in a certain amount of touches, but I just don't think there's a lot of high volume players at next level. So my number five guy to kick us off here, Ryan. Yeah. This isn't a super high grade I have on him, but Jalen Hyatt is my number five receiver. The thing I like about Jalen Hyatt is he serves a purpose. He's a mm-hmm. fantastic deep threat. He is somebody who has the long speed. I thought he was going to test better than he did. Still has a pretty good he's 40 still, time. Still tested well, man. Still tested well. You know? I, I know, but you watch <laughs> him on film and you're thinking like, 
this guy might be a four two kid, but he's he's still. I, I thought it was gonna be high four two. I thought it was gonna be high four two, but he did have what, like a forty plus inch vert, like eleven foot broad. Like the, the numbers overall were still really really good. But yeah, to he your point. is very explosive. I, I love mm-hmm. the long speed that he has, and he's one of those guys that if there's like a little bit of a gap in between coverage, especially against zone. He attacks it. He speeds up. He blows through that gap, and then he creates separation very, very easily. That's what makes him super dangerous. And I think in any offense that is looking for that type of receiver to run deep routes and to be that vertical threat to stretch a defense and to keep them honest, he's perfect for that. I think his change of direction skills are fine. I don't think that he is somebody who is, compared to some other players that we're going to talk about, cuts on a dime. Uh, He does well, and it's kind of hard for him because he's a much faster player. And I also thought his hands were fine as well. Nothing tremendous. The one major concern that I have with him being 176 pounds is the play strength isn't there. It's just not. There's a lot of times where you see him very easily impacted by contact, which is why I can't fully buy into him being a top three guy in this class, but still a fantastic player and somebody that I'm willing to take on day two to be a massive boost to receiver room. Before we continue on with this video, I just want to tell you folks about an exciting new partnership that we have with this channel with Underdog Fantasy. Ever since I joined, I've been having so much fun. There are so many different exciting games that make watching games during the offseason more exciting. I'm not the biggest basketball fan, but it has made it way more entertaining since I found Underdog Fantasy. And my favorite game to play so far, which I think you should try out, is Pick'em. It is so easy to play. Just pick higher or lower on your favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold, hard cash. Use code HACK, H-A-C-K, HACK, like the name of this channel. Use code HACK to get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by Underdog. Go sign up. You won't regret it. You're going to have a blast. Check out Underdog Fantasy. I also want to tell you folks about our other reoccurring sponsor that we have on this channel, that being BetOnline, betonline.ag, which has all the updated odds, news, and anything for sports betting. It's my go-to source for when I want to be betting specifically on games. I love betting on college basketball or the NBA. Uh, especially again during the off season, always looking for more fun ways to be uh, focused in on some of these other sports. It's betonline.ag and use promo code believe fifty. It's promo code believe fifty to get fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline, where the game starts. I think this kid is a pure vertically oriented player, right? Like he reminds me a lot of Will Fuller, which is not a bad thing, right? Like Will Fuller. Yeah found a role in the NFL. And when he was healthy, he was a very productive football player. It's just the injuries kind of caught up to Will Fuller in his career, right? But Jalen Hyatt has a trick that not a lot of people have in this class, and that is that straight line speed. I mean, the kid can uncover deep against just about anybody, and he can also create some stuff after the catch because he can break angles as a player in the open field. So the speed and explosiveness combination, love it, right? And that that's a trick that you can – rest your hat on and say that's very valuable at the next level. The reason that Jalen Hyatt is also number five for me, same spot on this list is because I don't think he's very flexible at all. I think that he's a pure vertical guy. I didn't love the ability to get in and out of breaks. And honestly, 
he wasn't asked to do it a lot, you know, for Tennessee. Tennessee was a very vertically oriented outside receiver team, right? So you didn't see him run a bunch of in-breaking, out-breaking routes. You saw him running, you saw him running verticals, posts, and comebacks. Like that's basically all you saw. Occasional stick and he does route, it really right? well. He did all those things really well. Yes. And he does them very well. You're correct. So I like that role at the next level. I just think there's some limitations as far as him being an all-around football player at the next level. I think he's going to be a low-volume, big-play type wide receiver, which is perfect. But my biggest knock on him, Joe, is I actually don't like his ball skills at all, man. I think he struggles to track a little bit down the field. I don't love his hands consistently. I don't. So that part is why I think he is very Will Fuller-esque because Will Fuller could run by anybody. But that was the big thing from him from an on-field perspective is that Will Fuller did not have the best hands in the world. Like we saw that even at Notre Dame and during his NFL career, there were just some drops. There were some concentration drops. There were some inability to finish plays through contact. And I think that Jalen Hyde has a lot of those same strengths, but also a lot of those same weaknesses. So I think he is going to be a guy that on a year-to-year basis could be like, well, he had 800 plus yards and he only did it on 45 catches, right? Like he averaged a very healthy yard per catch number, like maybe 17, 18 yards a catch. But I don't think he's ever going to be a consistent thousand yard receiver at the next level or anything like that. I think he's going to be a really good number two option as a speed threat. But I don't think that he's going to be a high volume pass catcher next level because I just think there's some deficiencies as far as his ability to get in and out of breaks to be a high level route runner and to consistently catch the football through traffic. I don't think those things are ever going to be his conversation piece, but he has a trick that is very valuable at the NFL level, which is why he's number five for me as well in this list. Yeah, you can't you can't knock speed. I think some some teams are going to get really juiced up uh, by that ability because we all know that the NFL is. Overly hyped up on speed. So because we agree on Hyatt, I will give my mm-hmm. number four now, who is somebody okay. I know that you're definitely going to be low on. Uh, I went with Jordan Addison here at number oh, four. Oh, you only had him at four? I thought you were going to have him higher than that, man. You loved uh, Addison. I, I, I cooled down a little bit. Look, here, here's where we're yeah. at. I brought up the play strength issues with Jalen mm-hmm. Hyatt. The same thing goes for Jordan Addison. But they're very different players. Jordan Addison is not as much long speed, but he has good. He had a good forty time for I think what our expectations were. I think some people thought that this was going to be a four-five guy, but then everyone was knocking him when he was a low four-four receiver, which is a good enough number for him. What I love about him though is the route running, the very easy change of direction skills. I think he has consistent hands. Not somebody who is going to win in contested situations, but he is just a really efficient, consistent route runner catches a lot of footballs and I, I don't I don't want to overthink a guy like that I, I don't want to disvalue somebody like that I think that he has that ability to be productive if Devonte Smith can be productive for the Philadelphia Eagles I think that Jordan Addison can be and the thing with Devonte hmm. Smith look mm-hmm. the guy also they both won the Blinnikoff one of them won the Heisman uh-huh. I, but Devonte Smith has succeeded because of the emergence of A.J. Brown and other receivers in Philadelphia. He has been aided by that. He's not going to play up to the – he's not – I'm not – I want to finish my statement here. Okay, okay. He is – I don't think that he is as talented as Devontae Smith. I don't think he is as good as Devontae Smith. But for Uh a leaner receiver, I don't see why he can't be in a 1,000-yard guy and a productive piece in an offense. He's got it in him. Man, I don't like Jordan Addison, man. I just don't like his game, Joe. Like, I, I, I think that he is very slender, which is fine. I have, I have literally, I'm looking at my list. I have 
four out of five of my guys are under 200 pounds, right? So like none of my guys are like massively big dudes. So I'm not, I'm not worried that much about the 171 pounds. It was a little lighter than I thought Addison was going to be coming into the combine. I just think he's an overstated athlete, man. Like he ran four, four, nine, but like four, four, nine and 171 pounds is it's fine. It's, it's well, can't we say special. the same thing about Hyatt though. Cause like Hi- Hyatt's 176. I ran four, four flat and he also had a 40 plus inch vert. I mean, didn't, um, I think Addison had like 33 inch vert, right? Like wasn't his explosive uh, numbers fair. not very that's, good. I mean, that's fair. I, I just look, man, I think that Addison is a very solid route runner, right? Like a good route runner. I think he'll create some instant separation short to intermediates. I don't think he's the athlete that people talk about him as. I don't think he's going to uncover deep, consistently on the next level. I don't. I think he's going to be a short to intermediate separator, which is fine, except for the fact that I also think his hands are suspect, man. Like, he's he didn't have a ton of drops this past season, but the previous two years, I'm pretty sure he had double-digit drops in back-to-back years, right? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. his ball skills and his hands are incredibly good. I don't think he's going to work through contact at all. No. And if he was – and the reason that I'm higher on Hyatt, for instance, compared to Jordan Addison, right, is that Jordan – Jalen Hyatt is also not great through contact, but Jalen Hyatt's going to win deep a lot, right? So he's not going to work through contact consistently. I think Addison's going to have to. Like, he's going to have to be a short intermediate separator, which means underneath, you're going to have linebackers on the second level. You're going to have safeties rolling down. You're going to have corners, you know, pressing and working to the middle of the field. There's going to be a lot of traffic. So I'm just not there with Addison, man. Just not. I have too much concerns with him. So he didn't make your top five? No, honestly, he probably would have been like seven on my list, six, I'm, seven or eight. Like I'm just I'm not trying like, to think who your bigger receiver is because you gave a hint that one guy's over two hundred. It's either Quentin Johnston or it's AT Perry. I I I, I did not include AT Perry, so I guess uh, I just gave that one away. Okay. I love AT your, though, man. I love I know AT. You do. I was fully number, expecting that. I was like, I, I should have my notes ready close, for AT, man. assuming then. Uh, I, I was for that. <laughs> I was really, I was really close on AT man. Like he'd probably be like six or seven as well. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really love AT Perry a ton. But I had Zay Flowers as my number four out of Boston. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, we're wow. we're very off on where. Very off. Well, did he not I make have, your top five? No, I make your top high. I have oh, him high. high. We're gonna we're gonna get to it. Well, I I continue. I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. You're fine. Zay is just such a good player, man. Like I, he's that guy that. He's a hundred and let me get the exact weight that he measured in. I think it was at 182. Yeah, he's five nine and two A, so five nine and a quarter, 182 pounds, sub 30 inch arms, very short arms, man. Has a short wingspan. Really good athlete, though. I think he uncovers deep. I think he can uncover short to intermediate. I think he's a yak guy. I think he can do all those stuff really well. And I think that he's underrated in the air. Like, I don't think he's going to consistently win in the air all the time. And I think that you look at his wingspan and his body type and say, like, it's probably just not going to be a guy that's going to be able to do that stuff consistently. But he's competitive, at least, right? Mm. I think there's some limitations to him as a route runner as far as the nuance is concerned. I think he has the flexibility to do it, but I don't think he's done it consistently up until this point at Boston College. He's a guy that understands – I kill space right i need to attack space and i create big plays i can do that stuff consistently all day there's no doubt about that but he does lack nuance as far as clean route breaks all the time you know the attention to detail but he's a dynamic player man who can really kill space i like zay a lot 
he's not a guy that I think I would take in the first rounds, but I would be close on it, right? Like this is a second round pick in my opinion, a secondary pass catcher, a guy that in a Kyle Shanahan-esque offense where I'm really trying to evaluate and create and manufacture space and done, I'm there with Zay. Give him some jets, mm. give him some screens, let him work short intermediates, get the ball in his hands quick, and then he can uncover deep a little bit. Nuance, I think, needs to improve. I don't think he's there from a technical perspective, but I really love the ability that he has to create big plays, man. I'm, I'm a big fan of Zay. I really am. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of Zay, apparently, because dude, apparently. I was. I, I'll reveal where he is later on, but I was in love with what what Zay Flower does, dude. <laughs> I I think that we didn't really get fully exposed to his capability because I'm going to be totally blunt here. I know that I say a lot of a lot of aggressive statements sometimes when I'm talking about some players and how bad they yes. were. Phil Dracovic yes. stunk last year, man. Phil Dracovic did and he was not. Hurt. He was hurt. He was hurt I, most of the year too. I, and so, I know that yeah. that's, that's hard to work through, but like he did not do any as any of his receivers, any favors. And I know that it was hard with the offensive line, but like it was so difficult to get say flowers, the football sometimes that they had to almost reorient the offense to manufacture him touches. But I, dude, his, his ability to change direction without losing speed is silly. I think yes. that it's elite. I think it's the best in the class. Uh, I, I like. I was just in awe of watching him run an arrow route where he just plants, pops, go wide open. He also then uses his feet so well after the catch to create extra yards. I think that in an offense more than anybody, you plug him in as a starting slot receiver and he's going to be problematic. I think he has every capability in the world to be a consistent go-to threat in an offense as a slot receiver. He's got all of it. I think that, again, the only concern that you kind of talked about some of the nuance and then he's just a smaller receiver. So it's like, what can he do to work outside of that size? I will say his hands are mm -hmm. very, very good. I And I've seen an ability for him to go up and get the football despite only being five foot nine. He doesn't have really yeah. significant limitations because of him being smaller for him to locate the football in the air and go grab it. And he had to do it a lot because Dracovic was off target a lot with some of his throws. So I'm a huge Zay Flower fan. I'm just going to make that statement now before we, we get just to say on. where you have a man. He's just my number one guy. Have. He's my number one. No, receiver. He's not. He's your yes, number one. I really like Zay Flowers, dude. What do you? Wow. What do you? Wow. Why is there an outrageous thing to have him that high? Man, that's just that's that's high for what he is, in my opinion. Man, just the style that he plays. I don't know. It's just a little high. I think but it's a little we, high. We don't have anyone that plays the normal style. I don't have him. He's a top fifty grade. I don't. Have, so I, 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 have, I, have, I have a guy that's similar to him, Joe. That's a little higher on the list, but a similar football player to him. Okay. So, well, well, I think we'll have a good conversation here. Moving okay. forward, I think we'll have Ooh. a good conversation. Who's your number three? Let's hear your number three. Quentin Johnston, number three out of TCU. I, I'm look, man. I'm very lukewarm on Quentin Johnston, man. I am like, I there's so much, there's so many parts of Quentin Johnston that I look at and say I can buy into that, man. I really can, and I, I thought you could too because I think that you were very high on him at some point, right? Like I was always very hesitant. I was on Quentin Johnston. In the summer six two and six eighths, so six two two and three quarters, two hundred eight pounds, thirty three and five eighth inch arms, and an eighty one and five eighth inch wingspan. Man, he's a long dude, super long. Ran pretty well. I think he ran four five two, four five three, which is fine for his size. He's he's a massive kid though. He had a really nice vert. I think you had over forty inch vert. You know, eleven foot broad jump. Ran four five two, four five three in the forty, which is 
just fine at his size. Like I didn't expect him to be a guy that was going to burn the trail. Like I didn't expect him to be a four, four flat guy. Like some people were talking about. I think he's got good, sufficient speed after the catch. Like a lot of what I see at Quinn Johnston, man, he can make some guys miss in the open field and he's explosive for his size. That stuff's cool. Break some tackles. I mean, if you watch the Kansas State from last year, Kansas State, Kansas game from last year, I mean, he was breaking tackles left and right. He was creating plays after the catch. And I think he's a pretty good route runner for his size, man. I think we underrate that a little bit. He gets, he does the little stuff really well, like the little wide receiver stuff. He gets in and out of his breaks. He's a good yak guy. I like his ability to separate as a route runner. It's actually pretty interesting. Where I hate his game, hate, and hate is a very strong word, and I'm using it here does not attack the football in the air at all. So that 30, almost 34-inch wingspan, or arm length, excuse me, and an 81-inch wingspan, doesn't matter. doesn't matter because he doesn't use it, right? He doesn't use it. He doesn't have bad hands. He just doesn't attack the football well, which is just odd and weird. But in this class where you don't have that true number one outside receiver with a ton of size, this is your best bet. He is your best bet in my opinion. This kid, I think, could be Mike Williams-ish, or he could be Josh Doxson. Like, he has a very large array of could be very good or could not be good at all. Like, Kevin White's. Like, there's so many guys that I look at him like, Ugh. that guy worries me a ton. But Quentin Johnson does have some alpha traits that he brings to the table. It's just about getting in the right offense and getting coached properly. Because the raw tools are there, but he wasn't able to put it together consistently. At TCU. Johnson didn't make my list. Um, and it's for a lot of the reasons that you just said about Quentin he Johnson. Didn't, he didn't make your top it, five. He didn't make your top five. Wow. I, I rewatched him, man, and I'm just like, I'm like, why am I buying I into know. him as a top five receiver in this class when he just You were mocking him in the top 15 at some points, man. You were mocking him in the top 15. Well, I hadn't done my final grade on him. No, <laughs> I but a mock draft is different than what my, my evaluation is of a player. We we know that we've talked about yeah. that on this show. Sure, sure. But here here's my thing, Ryan. You said it perfectly. He play he has the play style of a smaller receiver. Yes, but is very big. And like yes. I don't, I can't buy in on a guy that has all this length, all this explosiveness, and he doesn't really use it. I just I don't really get him using it. And is, is what I'm bringing him to do is to just be a deep vertical threat, but he's not a 4-3 a guy. He's a 4-5 guy. I don't think he has the speed to consistently separate. And they really only – they didn't only ask him, but I feel only comfortable asking him to run a lot of deep routes. Like he's got a very uh-huh. limited route tree. I just think there's so many limitations to his game, and we're kind of – we're kind of swayed. Actually, not kind of. We are easily swayed – by an offense that was so good at scheming guys open. And I think that there's a lot of eye candy, if you will, Uh that allows us to buy in a little bit too much to Johnston. And I think if you look past that, I don't know if he's as dominant as, as we think he was. And he's also, here's the other thing too. And I've said this to you before off air. Uh I have a lot of trouble buying into receivers that don't have consistent production and what i mean by that is going for three four catches and 75 or plus yards roughly every game like that's consistent good production he's got a lot of games where he disappears he's got a lot of games where he was dealing with injuries which is understandable sure but to go from a 200 yard game 
to like a 20-yard game. I don't know if he had a 20-yard game off the top of my head, but non-existent against Georgia. Had a lot of games where he didn't really show up. It's hard for me to buy into a guy who doesn't perform consistently. I, I do think there's some context to that, though, because I think that his quarterback play was not very good around him, to be honest. Like... Max Duggan was pretty bad, man. He was a pretty bad quarterback. Your, I know he was. Your Kovic wasn't much better. <laughs> yeah, you were just talking about why Zay Flowers didn't have consistent production all the time. I mean, that's the same conversation, same conversation point. But I wasn't talking so much about his. Cons- I got. I was less concerned about the consistent production and was more applauding him for what he was able to do with those limitations. I don't think I really uh-huh. got a lot of Quentin Johnston exceeding those limitations. I, I understand what you're saying. I will say that just a little bit more of the context, though, is that Quentin Johnson is still only 21 years old. He still is 6'3", 210 pounds, with a crazy wingspan. There are a lot of tools to work with. I agree. He is not ready to be that guy at the next level. Like, there's no debate there, right? Like, we're not going to sit here and you're going to be like, oh, he can't, you know, play from day one and I'm going to – sit back and be like, no, he can, man. Like, I'm going to argue this. Like, he can he can be an instant producer the next level. Not my conversation piece with Quentin Johnson. It's not. I think he's going to have to have a very specific role early on in his career. But if he hits, I still think he's a very talented player. But we're in a midst of a, co- a wide receiver class where there's a lot more questions than answers right now, man. Like, there's a lot more questions. I, I guess my conversation piece is that, like – Jalen Hyatt, for instance, right? If Jalen Hyatt hits his upside and hits his ceiling, he's a 50-catch, 900-yard receiver, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. If Quentin Johnson hits his ceiling, he's a 70-plus catch, 1,000-yard receiver at the next level. Like I don't think there's any debate on that. It's just there's the other side of the downside. But in this class, I'm still going to bet on his traits a little bit. Like I wouldn't draft Quentin Johnson in the first round. I just wouldn't do it. But 6-3... What the athleticism he has, what the catch radius he has, I would still take him in the second round without thinking twice about it. Like, I would still take him there. Ryan, my number three, Josh Downs from North Carolina. I think he yep. is, in a way, Zay Flowers light. I don't think he's as elite in change of direction ability, but still a really good route runner, great feet. Uh, he's somebody who's very shifty and hard to keep up with. I like the long speed, not as, again, not as explosive as Zay Flowers, but good long speed. The other thing that's a little deceptive with Josh Downs is despite being this tiny receiver, uh, he can go up and get the football. You know, he can win in some contested spots, which I thought was was really deceiving. And it seems like you've got a pretty high grade on Josh Downs because you haven't brought him up yet. So where, where do you have him? He's my number two wide receiver, and I struggled with putting him at one, to be honest. I Dude, Joshua Downs is a dog, brother. Like, he's a dog. Yeah. I think for me – and he's another one of these small receivers. Like he was even shorter than I hoped he would come in at. I mean, he was where was he? Come on, Downs, where are you? He was five nine, I think. Wait, yeah, five nine, 171 pounds, 30 and three eighth inch arms. So not the longest arms of all time. An in, almost an inch longer than Zay, though. So for just some context of these small receivers that we're talking about, dude, I think that he is an absolute dog, though, as a player. Like. Is he as explosive with the football in his hands as Zay Flowers? No, I agree with you there. He's not. But he's still very good in the open field. He can still uncover short, intermediate, and long. I think he's a three-level separator. He's one of the best route runners in this class. I think he really understands how to get in and out of his breaks. He's got really smooth hips, man. Easily able to get in and out of his breaks with ease. The separator for me 
is that I think he can do some stuff inside, obviously, because he played mostly in the slot in North Carolina. But I think he can play outside a little bit because he can work through contact and he can finish plays in the air. He can do all those type of things, man. So is there one elite trait with the Joshua Downs? Maybe not. Maybe not elites. No. But he's just good to very good at everything. Like, I don't think there's a deficiency in his game other than him being shorts, right? But the short thing, I think, is overstated because he wins in the air, though. Like, it's not like he doesn't win in the air. He wins. He finishes through contacts. I love Joshua Downs, man. Number two receiver. I would take him in the first round, and I wouldn't hesitate on it. He is a short king. It's funny that you brought up the that he's not elite at one thing. I literally wrote that down in my summation of him was – He's not elite in any category, but overall is probably the most well-rounded player in the class. Yeah. He is so well-rounded because he he hits the great category for everything. And that's sure. that's what makes a guy a good pro. And I, I think you throw him into certain offenses and this guy just pops off. He's going to have a, a great career. Doesn't need to be that number one guy, but is a secondary option to somebody else that's already established. Mm-hmm. He, could, he, could, he has some serious juice. I think he could end up being, and it, they're not the same body. They're not the same size. This guy's a little bit bigger than him and a little bit like just more physically put together. But he does give me a lot of DJ Moore vibes. Like I get DJ oh. Moore vibes with him. DJ Moore is a guy that is also 5'11". So he's taller than he's taller than Downs. But he's 5'11". He's about 195, 200 pounds coming out, right? DJ Moore. But DJ Moore coming out of Maryland was so good winning in the air, man. So good, but he could do all the little guy things that you need him to do. But another guy that I wouldn't say necessarily was accelerant in any area. Like he was just yeah. really good in all, a lot of areas. Uh, DJ Moore, he was competitive. That's the vibes I get of Joshua Downs is that he's going to be a really good number two receiver at the next level at worst, but he could be a low end number one. Like he could be a DJ Moore-esque player. It's just about the fit that you find for a guy like a Joshua Downs. Last guy here. So I've already revealed that my number one is a Flowers, and I am assuming that this guy is your number one. Uh, he places at number two, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. Main reason why I have him at number two is that he didn't play this year, and I'm I'm not I'm really just hesitant to like throw a guy at the top because he didn't play because I haven't seen what he's done lately. And one of the things that I had for him in I didn't change my notes from the summer. Like I wasn't going to go yeah. back and really rewatch much of this guy because he didn't play. He didn't do anything. So I don't have to sit here and reevaluate the guy. And there were things that I wanted to see improvement on, especially the one fact of I felt outside of the fact he's probably the best route runner in the class, fantastic route runner, great feet, changes direction really easily, great, fantastic hands, is going to be an elite slot receiver at the next level. My concern was the offense that he played in really set him up for a lot of wide open opportunities because there was attention diverted towards Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And I didn't get to see what he was going to do this year where he was supposed to be the guy and Marvin Harrison jr. Having him to play against probably would have helped him. But I think that circumstantially with less around him, I was just curious to see what he could do. I it's not a low two. It's just like a one, a one B for me between Zay flowers and him. 
You saw Jackson Smith and Jigba, the bowl game in 2021 is the guy, though, without both of those players, and he went for over 300 yards against Utah. So oh, I mean, wait, wait, wait. He was going up against a running back playing Phillips was still playing in that football game, man. Yeah, but they had a bunch of uh, a bunch of randos out there playing in that game in that secondary. That's the, I don't like that game used as the context. But he did, he did, stop, have, man. He did have some yes. he did have some great games last year. This is this is why I have Jackson Smith and Jigba at number one, Joe. I do. I was talking to Connor Rogers about this at the combine, and he made a great point, right? And I think it's it's tremendous. Connor Rogers now at NBC Sports. He said, in this class where there's nothing but question marks, I'm taking the guy that gives me the clearest answer. And I was like, hmm. you're not wrong there, man. Like point. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I think, is the clearest answer at the next level as far as you know what you're getting, man. He's just good, right? Is the upside tremendous with a guy of Jackson Smith and Jigba's caliber, in my opinion? No, I think there's a couple guys higher on the li- uh, on this list that have a higher pure upside than Jackson Smith and Jigba. But I keep comparing him to Keenan Allen because that's just what I see in his game. He's a better athlete than Keenan as far as straight line speed and everything, but they are similar in their styles that they play on the NFL level. Their guys that he's right around six foot one, 195, 200 pounds. That's what he's going to be at the next level. Not a guy that's going to win in the air. Not a guy that's going to uncover deep incredibly well all the time. But what he is is a dynamic slot receiver that is just going to just produce, man. Like It's just point blank to it, right? He understands blind spots. He understands soft spots in zone. He understands how to manipulate defenders in front of him. Really good route runner, consistent hands, strong hands to work through contact. I like this player a lot, man. I think he has the potential to be a 100-catch 100, 100 slot receiver at the next level. Mm. Is he ever going to average 14 yards a catch? Probably no. not. No. It's probably more of 12, 11 and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. But what he's going to be is a guy that you know is going to be a good football player on the NFL level if he's healthy. He's going to be a good football player. There isn't there isn't this chasm between upside and floor with a guy like a Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's a high floor, solid ceiling type of player. I think he's just going to be a really good player, man. This is the only player in this class, in my opinion, for me, that I would not hesitate to take in the first round. Not saying top 10, not saying even top 10 15, but if I'm a team that needs a wide receiver in the middle to late first round, I take Jackson Smith and Jigba because I know he's going to be a good football player from day one and give you that, that floor that you need to be a very good wide receiver on the next level. So I just think he's the most he's the easiest answer of this bad wide receiver class, in my opinion. I agree with all that, but but I have to do my old I have to do my old man moment right now. I, I gotta be completely Uh-oh. honest with you, I gotta do my old man moment right now. Okay. I love all that and would put him at number one for all those reasons. Uh-huh. I, I push back slightly on the notion that he, with a lot of question marks, he is the one that is has all the answers. You know, he is he is somebody uh-huh. who we know everything about him. I think the one aspect of his game that's not on the field that we don't know enough about, and why I'm a little worried about him, is the fact that he sat out the entirety of the year. Was he hurt the entire year? And it seems like there was enough times where it was brought up that he was available and could have played and actively chose not to because of the fact that he wanted to focus on his health for preparing for the NFL. And look, Uh I get it. Jamar Chase and other guys, Micah Parsons, sat out Uh that one year with COVID. This wasn't COVID. This is an injury issue. 
And I am yep. wary of a guy who decides to sit out an entirety of a season with a slight injury, or not a slight injury, with an injury and was healthy enough to come back at a certain point. When we see this happen in the NFL with guys with contracts, with guys that are unhappy with their roles that they decide to sit out, I think a lot of NFL teams are sick of that crap. And I, frankly, as, as somebody who sees that, I'm not the biggest fan of guys who do that stuff. I want guys who are going are, are gonna to fight through it. You know what? As much as Quentin Johnson didn't make my list, the guy was dealing with, with I think it was an ankle injury. I forget what it was. And he tried to play through it on multiple occasions and had some productive games. Didn't Jackson Smith and Jigba try to play in two more football games and had to leave early in both? I thought he, that happens this year. Which games did he try to come into? He, I, I know for a fact he tried to play in two more football games than he wasn't able to continue on in those football games because the, the, the um, hamstring just wasn't right type of thing. So. I I don't I think a full season recovery for a hamstring is a lot, dude. I'm not saying it's not. I mean, but I mean, you know, hamstrings are one of those things, though, where it's like if you don't rehab that properly, it's a lingering issue, man. So I, I don't know. Joe. That means I he mean, didn't rehab it properly. That's also like, <laughs> but that's not fully his fault. I mean, this is a 21. This is now a 21 year old player that there's a training staff that that's their entire job, right? So if he wasn't being rehabbed through properly is that Jess Smith and Jigba's fault or is that the training staff's fault I think that there's a well, conversation I, that needs to be happening there he's had to go through rehab for multiple things and everyone's going okay, you're a log snapper but like <laughs> I had a major tear to my pack I've also had uh, I've strained my hamstring before not as significantly as this a lot of that's actually more on the player than I think than some people are willing to admit like I, I know plenty of guys who half-ass through through rehab and went through the motions of what was asked to them and they didn't fully recover effectively. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Maybe I'm being a grump. That's my whole point. I'm being a grumpy old man about this. Like it, you're being a, a curmudgeon, man. You're being a curmudgeon. Worth, it's worth talking about. Is it not? Because it's a, it, it is an odd circumstance for him to have not played. It was, games. I, I didn't think it was a great look at the end of the season when there was a report that he could come back and he decided not to in, in the playoffs. I think that that's a bad look. I agree with you, but again, but then you hear after that that maybe he wasn't ready to come back. So I just think there's a lot of conflicting reports on that regard, right? right? So it's some more like I would love to sit down with Jackson Smith and Jim. And Jackson, if you're listening to the show, you can come on. You can correct Joe as much as you want, man. I would love for you to come on this show. Because I, I would love to talk to you about your recovery and everything and just see how everything's going, man. It would be a good good conversation. But you know, I, I think it's just a little little bit of speculation. Like we're just we don't have all the facts in that regard, in my opinion. Well, thank you everyone for enduring my old man moment at Joe Delio <laughs> and at Rise and Draft. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.